Welcome to Thrive Lathrop Podcast. Here at our church, we believe that everyone can thrive. Make sure to subscribe to our channel and enjoy this life-changing message. All right. Good morning, Thrive. Man, 1030, y'all came out today. Hey, do me a favor, everyone in the room, can we welcome everyone watching online this morning? Come on, let's give it up for everyone on our online campus as well. So excited to have you with us this morning. And do me a favor, go ahead, pull out your phones right now. You have permission for the next two minutes, and two minutes only, uh, to pull out your phones. And if you have Facebook, go ahead, you could check in, share about us on Instagram, and just share that service on Facebook. You never know who's gonna listen. You never know who might be just on their phone. Let's be honest, you got some friends, it's Sunday, they chilling in bed. That's all they doing. And they're just scrolling, and they might need a little bit of Jesus in their life. Some of y'all like, I got some friends who need a lot of Jesus in my life, so I know they need this. Um, I'm so excited uh, for today as you get ready to kind of share that on Facebook and we get ready for the message. Um, We have a dear friend of mine um, that's gonna be sharing the message. We got Pastor Zach Hensley with us, uh, who is incredible. Come on, let's give it up for Pastor Zach. And uh, he is new to our Thrive family. He's never been here other than the first time this weekend. And what we did this weekend is we had uh, what we called Leadership Weekend, where we met with the core leadership here, the pastors, staff, directors, uh, and we just sought after God. We prayed. We, we, we learned what God is doing in this season, and we kind of visioned for the future. And can I tell you, I am so excited for where God is bringing this church and what we're going to be doing in the next few years. I, I'm so excited. And so Pastor Zach flew all the way from Kansas City, and we figured if he's going to spend time with our leaders, we might as well keep him on a Sunday. Uh, so it's going to be really awesome. He tore it up for service. Y'all aren't ready. But you are, I promise. It's gonna be really good. And um, I am just so grateful to have him. He's a husband, father. Uh, He's been a pastor in multiple capacities. And now he is back in Kansas City helping lead an incredible movement called the International House of Prayer. IHOP for short. Um, It's not the pancakes. It's called IHOP, but I promise it's not the pancakes. And what they do is they've been doing 24-7 prayer and worship, like this worship set, 24-7 since 1999 for the last 23 years. And Pastor Zach has been strategic in that. And I believe that he has something to deposit to our house today. So family, stand your feet with me. Come on this morning and let's give it up for Pastor Zach Hensley as he brings the word. All right, hey, stay standing, stay standing. I wanna, I wanna jump right in here. I, I feel like the Holy Spirit has something to say. How many of you know the Holy Spirit is real? God is real. And I don't, I don't want you just to hear a message right now. I feel like the Lord wants to say something to you today. And so if you just, as you're standing, would you hold out your hands, close your eyes just so you're not distracted. And I just wanna talk about God like he's in the room the next 30 minutes. Holy Spirit, we invite your presence here. We don't like awkward silences in America, right? We want to fill every silence with something. But right now, I'm just going to throw a couple awkward silences your way. And in that silence, I want you to whisper, God, speak to me. And listen. Some of you maybe have never heard the voice of the Lord before. You never heard God before. You're even kind of still on the fence as to whether or not he's real. I want you just to pause right now and say, God, speak to me. I promise you he will. 
Ask in faith. Just take a minute. Living God is here. He's with us. I want to read these verses over you, and I want you to receive them like God is speaking straight to you. This is his word, amen? I want you to receive this. So just stay in that posture. Let God speak. I want to read these verses over you. Psalm 42, verse 5. Why so downcast, O my soul? Why so disquieted and turmoil within me? Put your hope in God, for I shall again praise him. Say that to your soul right now. Why so downcast, O my soul? Why so disquieted within me? Put your hope in God. Prophesy to your heart. Put your hope in God. Proverbs 4, 23. Above all else, guard your heart, for it is the wellspring of your life. Guard your heart, he says, for it is the wellspring of your life. Psalm 73, verse 26, it says, my flesh and my heart may fail, but God is the strength of my heart and my portion forever. Some of you need to hear that right now. Your flesh and your heart is failing right now, and God says this to you, straight to you. This is him talking. He says, I am the strength of your heart. I am your portion forever. Philippians 4, verse 6 Whew, feel the, feel the Holy Spirit in here. That's awesome. It's nice. Welcome. Whew. Uh, do not be anxious about anything. Come on, somebody. But in everything, through prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, make your requests known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Last one. This is our verse for today. Jesus says this right before he goes to the cross. He says it twice. He says, do not let your heart be troubled. Believe in God. Do not let your heart be troubled. Believe in God. I'm gonna pray for us. We're gonna jump in. Holy Spirit, I pray. God, would you give us grace in the storm of this life, God, to keep our hearts from trouble and put our faith in you. Give us grace, God, to keep our hearts from trouble and put our faith in you. Help us in Jesus' name, amen. You can be seated. Our world is filled with trouble right now. How many of you know that? Last couple years, filled with trouble. I wanna, I wanna promise you something about the trouble of our world is it's not new, it's not new, unique to the world. This life from birth to death is one giant storm. If you think you're facing a storm right now, you're like, man, I'm facing some really hard times, I wanna promise you that you always will. Is that okay? Can I do that this morning? Jesus said, in this life, you will have what? Trouble. But take heart, I have overcome the world. See, you didn't say yes to Jesus because it was gonna now free you from trouble. You said yes to Jesus because now you have a way to be sustained and overcome the midst of the storm, right? See, this world, this, this life that we live right now is a storm that rages. Title of my message today is In Between the Thunder and the Lightning. 
Because in between the thunder and the lightning of this storm, all we can see is the trouble that's surrounding us, but you'll find that actually God is there in the midst of this, in the midst of it, and he never leaves you. God is in the middle of the storm, and, and he's with you even though the storm lies to you. And the one thing he asked us to do is to keep our hearts from trouble and let him take care of the rest. There isn't a time in this life where this all just gets easier, just to help you out. Some of you might be like, okay, maybe you're in your 30s or something, you're like, okay, I just, I gotta grind, and then when I hit my 50s, whoo, smooth sailing. Some of you have thought that thought, be honest. If I could just get this job, if I can just land uh, you know, I got my education and I can land this career. And once I get the career, I promise I'll slow down as soon as like I get the kids in school. And then once the kids are in school, I can finally relax, take it easy. Life will be slow and cool. No, life sucks from birth to death. <laughs> it does. It's hard. Not, it, it, in, in fact, if, if, if you think that life is gonna suddenly just connect and be easy, then you miss the whole point of this story because the whole point of the story is that we needed a savior because this life is hard and the world is hard and we needed a savior to save us from it. If it's not hard, then we never needed a savior. If you think you can make it on your own, then you're saying that you don't need a savior and I promise you today, you need a savior. Amen? He says, do not let your heart be troubled. Believe in God. One of the things that he asks us to do, he does everything, right? Like his grace, we say yes to him. He's the one that saves us. He's the one that sanctifies us. He's the one that walks us through this life. But the one thing he asks of us is to keep our heart. He says, guard your heart for it is the wellspring of life. Guard your heart from trouble. Keep your heart from the storms of this world. <clears throat> so I have a question for you. I want, you to, I want this question to sit with you and then I'm gonna ask it again at the end. Does your view of God shape how you see this life or does your view of your life shape how you see God? Does your view of God shape how you see this life or does your view of this life shape how you see God? Is the storm what you use to define God? So many of us are quick to leave, right? Well, something bad goes on in our life and we're like, okay, God, I'm out. How could a good God allow that to happen to me? Right? Yeah. We're in, we're, we're like, okay, I'll go to church. I'll go to church because, you know, it's gonna make me a better person, encouraging words, positive music, let's go, right? That's not why you're here. And if it is why you're here, I wanna tell you why you're actually here. You're not here because, to be encouraged, come on. You're like, wait, uh, I was. I mean, personally, I got out of bed for that. <laughs> You're not here to be encouraged. This isn't a sham. We're not here. I mean, let me, let me tell you this. If you're here and this is like a country club for you where you give 10% of your income so you can hang out here, no offense to Pastor Chris, there's better country clubs for 10% of your income, right? Like, there's, there's more amenities at some of these other places, right? Like, you, you can get some baller country club discounts if you want to give 10% of your income somewhere just to have a place to hang and be with friends. No, God is real. 
right? God is real. He's living and he's active and he's here in the midst. And we're here for a man, not for a, a religion. We're here for a human. Christianity is, isn't a box you check. He's the God you love. We're here for him. We're here because God is real. And I know that sounds trite to say, but so many of you actually practice atheism in the church. You practice atheism. I know this because you worry about everything all the time. You worry about money like God's never provided for you. God has always provided for you, amen? Yet you always worry like he's not going to. Like this is the time he's finally not gonna do it. He's been a good God up until, oh crap, I don't know if I could pay that bill. Right? You practice atheism. I don't know if my kids are gonna make it. You're raising your kids, you're worried, man. If I don't do this, I don't do that. Then they're never gonna make it. They're never gonna have the right life. You're not that powerful. You're not that powerful. You can't mess up your kids as bad as you think you can. Because there's a sovereign God and they are an image bearer of him and he has a plan and destiny for their life and he's not gonna let you screw it up. Amen? But we live like we don't have faith. We live like we don't believe that he's actually gonna do it. Because here's the thing you gotta settle. If God is real, settle that, he is, then he is who he says he is. Right? There's no other option. If he's real then he is who he says he is. So I have three kids. I have, uh, whew, still processing this, recently a 13-year-old. I have a teenager now. <laughs> um, I, her name's Natalie. She's beautiful. She's amazing. And then I have uh, um, uh, my middle child is named Evan. He's 10. Then our youngest is named Finton. And he's, uh, he's eight, and he is the biggest ball of energy I've ever seen in my life. He's amazing. And uh, my, my son, Evan, a couple years ago, I was taking them to the park because they needed uh, to give mom a break, to be honest with you. I came home from work, and I was like, all right, kids are getting in my car. We're going to the park. And, uh, and, and I took them to a, a new park they had never been to. And they, so, whoever designed this park, like, really was in the business of, like, keeping hospitals alive because... This park was so dangerous. I was like, I don't know who approved this park. Uh, it wasn't Leslie Nope, though, because this is way too dangerous of a park. Um, if you get that reference. If you don't, then you should. Because um, it's awesome. <laughs> so I take them to this park, and the, 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 everything was just so big and so high, and, and the, uh, the monkey bars were so high. And my son went straight for the monkey bars. He, uh, he was about six at the time. And uh, he, he got up there, got on top of the monkey bars, and then all of a sudden he goes, oh, dad, this is really high. And it was pretty high. I'm about 6'5", and I had to reach up like this to grab him. So it was, it, was, it was high. It was probably like eight feet or so. And he gets up there, and he's like, dad, I can't do this. And I have this thing with my kids and raising them, is I think when we raise our kids, we, if they're afraid of something, we want to help them face it, right? We don't want to just relieve them from it, Correct? because I'm not gonna raise young men and women that can't face fears, right? So he gets up there and he's like, dad, this is scary. And I'm like, you got this, bro, you can do this. And he's like, oh, I can't do this. And I was standing right underneath him. I was like, if you fall, I will catch you, it's okay. 
And he goes, ha, he's, he's an emotional kid. He's very similar to me when I was a kid. Just, he gets very emotional. And so he kind of starts crying. And he's like, I can't, I can't do it. Dad is so high, I'm going to fall. And I was like, bro, just do one monkey bar for me. Just one. Just get the one monkey bar, bro. I was like, he's like, hold my legs, hold my legs. I'm like, I'm not going to hold your legs. But I'm under you. Nothing can happen to you. I'm right here. And so finally he gets enough energy and he, he gets the first one and now he's hanging. Like he's not, his feet are off the thing and he's hanging there. And he's like, ah, I'm slipping, I'm slipping. And I went, it's okay, you can't fall. I will catch you, I'm underneath you. Just take one more, do one more for me. And he's like, ah, I can't, dad. I was like, Evan, one more. And I asked him what he is because every night when I put my boys to bed, I have this question I ask them. I say, what are you? And they know to answer, a man of courage. And so, so I ask him, I go, Evan, what are you? And he goes, it's not bedtime right now. <laughs> Didn't work the way I wanted it to. And, uh, <laughs> and so I go, what are you? And he goes, it's not bedtime. And I go, well, you're a man of courage. Just take the next one. And he's like, ah, I'm gonna fall. And so he finally, he reaches for it. He slips, falls right into my arms, right? And I, do, I said, I, I looked at him and I said, bro, you were safe the whole time. I think so many of us are like my son, Evan, where the current problem and the current storm you're facing right now, you can't see the living God right there with you, but he's there in the midst of it. You're too distracted though by the current challenge. You are too distracted by your current challenge and the challenge of how you're going to make it through this life that that has consumed your heart and there's no more room for the presence of God. See, the reason why you have to keep your heart from trouble is because there's no more room in here if all you have is trouble. Yet you have a hard day at work and you come home, what's the first thing you do? Turn on the news and just fill your life with trouble. You were never meant to know what's happening in Afghanistan and Ukraine. Did you know that? God didn't create humans to be so connected to the world at every given moment. And so we're so connected to the world, it's not that the world has gotten worse, it's just we know about it now. The world hasn't gotten any crazier than it has been for the last 6,000 years. It's always been death, murder, and toil. Right, amen? Racism has been a thing since the very beginning. It's not like a new thing where like we just discovered that racism exists. No, racism has always existed. Nation versus nation. People versus people. That has been going on for 6,000 years. The world has been this chaotic storm ever since Adam took that apple. And God has been crafting a solution to the storm ever since Adam took that apple. And, and you, yeah, get this. The, if you could see and believe in God, you would then see that you believe in his story and his story says that the storm has an appointed end. Our Christian hope is not a wish, it's a certainty. Our, ho our hope is not a wish, it's a certainty. One day he's gonna wipe the tear from every eye. One day pain, 
and suffering have an appointed end. One day he is going to dwell on this planet with us and he will be our God and we will be his people and we will have no more pain, no more crying, no more shame. That is in your future if you believe in him and if you don't, you just don't get to take a part of it because that's what's gonna happen. The sad thing is if you don't see past the struggle and the storm and don't see him, you miss out on the blessing that's coming. He's gonna restore the earth, excuse me, and you're gonna miss out on it because you're too preoccupied with the storm. Right before he goes to the cross, he says it twice. Don't let your heart be filled with trouble. Believe in me. God tells us who he is. Amen? He tells us who he is. He says he's gracious and compassionate. He says he's slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love and faithfulness. That's who he says he is. Do you see him for who he is or do you see him through the lens of your storm? Because he's not a distant God that's not for you. In fact, he's a loving God who's, for, who's with you and for you every step along the way. He's filled with steadfast love and mercy for you. That's who he is. He says, my mercies are new every morning. Great is my faithfulness to you. He says, I will never leave you nor forsake you. That's who he says he is. So you have to settle this. If he's real then you have to accept what he says he is. Amen? But the storm's too distracting. We have too many questions. Here's what I think the steadfast love and mercy of the Lord looks like. It's this word in Hebrew that doesn't translate to English very well. And it's the word chesed. Can everybody try to say that sound? Chesed. You're supposed to make that sound. Chesed. I'm so glad English doesn't have any of those sounds, right? <laughs> chesed. <clears throat> the chesed, love of God. Man, it's just gonna spit all over this microphone. Here's what it means. It means loyalty. It means he's loyal to you. It means he never leaves you. It means this, catch this, write this down. It means he's seen the worst parts of you and he's not going anywhere. We're so worried in relationships. We're so worried that people are gonna leave, right? We're so worried if they hear what's actually going on in our head, nobody would talk to me, right? Yet he hears everything that's going on in your head and he goes, I'm not going anywhere. I love you. You can't earn his love. You already have it. You can't earn his affection. You already have it. You can't, you can't mess up a million times and make God not love you. He cares about you more than you could ever care about yourself. He is for you. He crafted you. You were a dream that he dreamed and he stuck his hands in your mother's room and formed you. You were an epiphany that he had. If you think your life is worthless, look in the mirror and go, I'm God's dream. He stuck his hands in my mother's womb and he formed me. He fashioned my life and I have value because he says I have value no matter how much I think I'm lacking in value. He formed and he fashioned you. Of course he's gonna be loyal to you. 
for whatever reason, because I really don't know why, but the cosmic God of the universe who holds the stars and the time continuum in his hands has decided that you were worth his entire life. Has decided that you are the one that he wants to share his affection with. You. Now, some of you right now are going, yeah, maybe my sister or my brother, but not me. No, you. Every single one of you in here is a dream that God dreamed. Isn't that amazing? That's who you are. But we have trouble. And we're focused on it way too much. Let me tell you what trouble does. It lies to you. Trouble lies to us. Trouble tells you that you are your feelings. I wanna tell you this, you are not your feelings. For whatever reason, we have this movement happening right now in America and in Western culture. It's not in other cultures, but it's in Western culture. Last 500 years, the movement was, I think, therefore I am. In the last 20 years, it's been, I feel, therefore I am. Right? I feel, therefore I am. Your feelings lie to you. They tell you that you're one gender when you really are born another. They lie to you. That's a lie. Feelings lie to you. I talk to husbands and wives, and the wife will go, well, I fell out of love with my husband. No, all you did is just admit that you never knew what love was. Because love is not a feeling, love is an action. It's something you choose to do. Your feelings might say, I don't like that man right now, and that's fine. You still love him though, because that's, that's what you committed to. Our feelings lie to us. The Bible says this, that the heart is deceitful above all things. He warned you of your feelings. He says the heart is deceitful above everything. Your heart will deceive you. Believe in God. Feelings, trouble, lie to you. Another thing that lies to you, trouble in your heart, is you aren't your past. Amen? You aren't your past. You might be still paying the consequences from things you did 30 years ago, but that's not what defines you. You're defined by the love of God and his eyes are on you. And when he sees you, he sees the righteousness of Christ. You're not even just not your past from 10 years ago. You're not your past from yesterday. If you walked in this place and said, God, forgive me, he goes, oh, my son is home. And you're like, God, but it's the millionth time. He's like, I don't care. I love you so much. Welcome back. What you need to do is get your past out of your heart and get the presence of God in your heart. Get the past out of you. Get the presence of God back inside of you because there's no room for the presence of God because you're stuck with your past right here in front of you at all times. He's already paid the debt. Move on and receive what he's given you. Amen? You aren't what the enemy and your heart accuses you of. You are your biggest accuser. You're your biggest accuser, guys. Your heart accuses you. How many of you, you wake and lay, lay awake in bed at night going, oh, frick, I can't believe I said that. I do that. Like after like a dinner party, you're hanging out with somebody. Then you lay in bed and you go, did I really? I didn't say that, did I? Oh, frick, I said that, didn't I? Uh, I'm an idiot. No one, is that just me? Driving home from like, you know, hanging out with some friends and you're like, I'm a moron. 
I said that, didn't I? Ah, oh, frick. You have a huge disagreement with God. You have this huge disagreement with him. You hate what he loves. You hate you, but he loves you. You have a huge, massive disagreement. You hate you, but you hate what he loves. He is for you. He's after you. He has directed all of the forces of heaven to be behind you, and you're stuck in your trouble and your own personal accusation saying, I'm nothing, I suck, I'm terrible. And he goes, that's not what I think. You need to get an, a revelation of what God says about you. He says about himself, I am filled with steadfast love and kindness. And then he says about you, you are the desire of my heart. In fact, he renames us in Isaiah. He says, you are Hephzibah in whom is all my delight. He even says in the Psalms that when you turn to him in prayer once, he said, I am uh, filled with joy at your presence when you pray. Yet every time you pray, you're coming to him and going, God, it's been like three weeks. I know I suck. I cussed on the freeway. I cussed again when I was getting off the freeway. I cussed at myself for cussing. I suck, God. I don't even deserve to be here. Everybody else is better than me. Right? Right? No, you're your biggest accuser. Stop it. Stop hating what he loves. Be kind to yourself because he's kind to you. Be patient with yourself. He's patient with you. Here's what he says you are. Trouble lies. He says this. He says, you are my beloved. He said, you are the one in whom is all my soul's delight. The cosmic singer, God of the universe. I just keep calling him that because there is no other God. Like, it's not like there's a, a God amongst other gods that you get to choose from. And you don't get to vote this one out, by the way. If you don't like his ways, you don't get to take a vote in four years ago. I want a different God, man. No, this is the one we have. But the single God of the universe has chosen you as his beloved. And that reality has to start conquering your heart. You've got to conquer the parts of your heart that are filled with trouble and say, I'm going to conquer them by declaring truth over my heart. I am loved by God. I am not a sinner that struggles to love God. I am a lover of God that sometimes struggles with sin. And the more that I love him, the more I will overcome. Amen? Here's what he says about you. He says that you are his craftsmanship. What does this mean? It means you're still a work in progress, right? It means loading, right? Look, I'm a mess, guys. I'm a mess. Are you a mess? We're all a mess. Is there anyone here not a mess? Because if you're not a mess, you should run for president. We really need you. <laughs> Everyone is a mess. Every human is a mess. If you don't think you're a mess, then you're lying to yourself because you're a mess. Yeah. I'm just going to let you off the hook. You're a mess. 
There's no one that's got it together. If they are, then they need a savior. Then, then they're saying that they can save themselves and don't need a savior. Because you're a mess. I'm a mess. We're all a big mess. We're a giant mess in need of God. And here's what happens. He started something in you. He's developing right now and he promises to bring it to completion one day. If you will let him go on the journey and make you right now and mold you and craft you, if you will keep trouble out of your heart and surrender to his process, you'll be amazed by the magnum opus he creates in your life. Here's who else you are. You are an unfinished story. He is writing a story with your life that's gonna blow your mind. But so many of you are in a hard chapter right now. How many of you watch those movies, those shows, where like it gets a little too hard to watch? You're like, I, I think it's not gonna work out. <laughs> I don't think this is, I think this is a tragedy. I don't think this is working. You're in that spot in your life right now, but if you would give the pen back over to him right now and let him finish it, you'd be amazed by what he writes. You are loved by your father and a member of his family. It means that no matter how many times you mess up, he's never gonna leave you. Do not let your hearts be troubled. Believe in God. What does the believe in God part look like? same that he is to you it looks like loyalty loyalty to him it means that you might not understand his ways but you're in no matter what you aren't going to understand everything that happens to you in this life the goal is not to understand the goal is to say i'm not leaving there's a difference between wrestling with doubt and wrestling with questions to leave wrestle to stay God, I don't understand why this happened. I don't understand why this godly man gets in a car accident at age 25 and, and le widows his wife, and this other guy gets to have five marriages, illegitimate children, and abuses them, and why does he get to live? That's not fair, God. I don't know why that happens, but I know this. He's good, and I'm not leaving. You might doubt you might struggle in this life. The goal is not to avoid struggle. The goal is to run to him in every struggle, in every question, and in every hardship, and say, God, I'm not going anywhere. When you fall into sin, that old sin that was from your past that you thought you were finally over, don't run away from him, run back to him. Run to him when you sin, because he's there underneath you, right? When you fall, he catches you because he's good to you, because he's for you, because he's loyal to you. Be loyal to him. Let me ask you that question again. Does your view of God shape how you see this life or does your view of your life shape how you see God? Would you stand with me? Thank you again for tuning into our podcast. For more info, please visit our website at thrivelathrop.com. Have an amazing rest of your week.